so excited about this show today. We got an interview from Texas. <laughs> That's all you care about. Jimmy Song, man. Jimmy Come Song on. coming on. We're going to talk Bitcoin. Oh, man. Yes, we are. You're going to go to school. We got two segments on go, Bitcoin. Go to school. Yeah. 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 Like Bitcoin school. Yeah, you got to eat your protein bar and your, and your milkshake <laughs> and your brain food. Yeah. Pastor Toby Chalk Knox. I'm the water boy. It's good to be with you guys hey, on nice this shirt, Sunday Dave. special. Very nice yeah, shirt. Guys check out the shirt. No, I'm gonna get. I'm just gonna hop right to it. Look at this. I get up. I get the. I get the logo up on the screen right oh, behind us. Nice. Oh, look, we match. I, I love. I love yeah. the 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 color. The American flag. It actually colored. You've been wanting that for flag. a while. Exactly. I've been wanting that for a while. And everything. But love this God. Is, Sing some to fight this tyrants. This is our uh, T-shirt for our rowdy conference. Our rowdy conference. Our rowdy rally. Our rowdy rally in South Dakota. So we hope you guys sign up. We want to see you there. April 29, 30, May 1st. Go to flfnetwork.com forward slash register. Yeah. We should have more information coming out in the next couple weeks about hotels. Or is it hotels. rally? Yeah, forward slash rally. With Christian conferences com- canceling this whole year, you might as well just come on out. You might know? as well. Yeah, yeah, and nobody. you ain't having our ZIM 50 from Together for the Gospel this year. So that ain't, that ain't, <laughs> hey, Chuck Knox. Yes, sir. What you think about Ravi? <sighs> okay, so since you're going to do this, <laughs> since you're going to bring this up, I wasn't going to say nothing. I was going to leave it alone. Yeah, but I, know. I know you was. Since you're going to bring it up, you know, it's funny to me. So I've been around for a little bit and back in groups and conferences and people. You ever done a conference with Ravi? Yeah, I have. Yeah, and it's funny because I remember the ground that people used to worship that Ravi walked on. Oh yeah, and it's interesting to me that all these people now that are saying something, they weren't saying nothing back then. Yeah. Everybody sees warning signs now. Oh yeah, but they didn't see warning signs. <laughs> they're all, they're then. all seeing warning signs. And now everybody is doing this Christian kind of a virtue signaling to say, uh-huh. "Ah, we yeah. knew it." Creeping right. back. Yeah, Creeping and it's back. like, hold on, man. Right, if Riley was alive five years ago, y'all wouldn't be saying nothing. Then don't yeah. say nothing now. All of right. a sudden, if you right. brought him, if you brought him lemonade on a pedestal, you were hating him. Right. You were right. You, yeah. if, if you if you treated him like you walked on air. You were not loving that brother. Right. Why, why not right. just Why not just come out and say and repent? You yeah. know what? I think I respect a lot more. You know what? We we should have said saw that we didn't. Yeah. We, that's and, but right now everybody's positioned to act like yeah it, we. Know. It's easy to let hang me, a dead man. Let me tell you something it's easy, else. It, it's well, you know, easy to hang a dead man. You know they man. impeached him. <laughs> yeah, they did. That's they funny. Took, <laughs> they, they took away his uh, pastoral that's credentials. Funny. Now that he's from his denomination. Now that he's out of office. The they other, impeached him. The yeah. other thing is, I'm <laughs> seeing all these people pop up and say I never really was a fan of Ravi. Oh, brother. Yeah, y'all weren't, y'all weren't talking like that a, a moment ago. Yeah, you, you're seen it, and, and it's like, you know what? There's sins there. Okay, let's, but don't act like all of a sudden that like you would like this four or five years ago because right. you wasn't. We, so just, we weren't going to bring just this. Yeah, hush. exactly. We weren't going to bring this <laughs> up. Even, we weren't going to bring hush. this up on the show. You see what I did? But we, yeah, you, you got him going. You got him going. But here's the thing is like the board re- repents, but we don't know anybody's name on the board. No. Uh, you're done. Hey, you're fired. Get out of here. Zacharias, all these things started coming out a couple years ago. Why do you do this to me? And then. Oh, my, my noise went out. My earplug. Oh, uh, that's my bad. And he got to hit the table. And then um, he comes and then he dies. Yeah. And then they do a, yeah. uh, they hire an outside firm. It's like, it's easy to hang a dead man. There's no boldness or courage in all this. Right. And everything. Let's get away from this. Uh, <laughs> There's uh, so much to see. You guys got to mm. sign up for our Fight, Laugh, Feast magazine. Oh, yeah. This issue Ooh, coming look out at that. is laughter. That is beast. I love that. that Joy is and strength. Beast. That's the cover. And I love I love that's that combination. He, that lion is is laughing, yeah. but that's scary laughter. <laughs> that is. That's a laugh? That's yeah. a laugh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. You, you ever I seen didn't. a lion laugh? You ever seen Aslan laugh? Oh, mm, uh, mm. Yeah, scary. No, I haven't, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Make sure you guys are checking out deftwire.com, D-E-F-T-wire.com. That's our news app. 
aggregator. aggregator. We all share um, news on that website. So yeah. we want this to be just a fun, nice way to get good news. And, 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 and it's on, and it's in the app. I was going to say that. Easily yeah. pull it up in and the Don't app, forget so. Mark Dewey in the bullpen. The Bro. only way to get that podcast, and that guy is on fire, yeah. is in the app. In, yeah. the bull, in the bullpen with Mark Dewey. Yeah. Check it out. It's like yeah. baseball and worldview and manhood. And, and it's, it's he's just a good host. Mm. He is good. I mean, it's yeah. amazing. Listen to Mark do it. It's so many times we talk about, oh man, Christians need to do better in their art. Christians need to do better what they produce. And he's doing Mark it. Dewey is at the top of the game. I'll put him up there with any ESPN guy talking baseball. The man. dude is at his at the level. And I don't even like baseball. <laughs> but I love listening to Mark Dewey. This show is brought to you by Samaritan Ministries. It connects hundreds of thousands of Christians all over the nation who care for one another's medical needs, all without the use of insurance. This show Samaritan Ministries like it's like the new Bitcoin. It's like the Bitcoin of healthcare. healthcare. I was going to say that. Oh man, I beat you to it. Hey, are you going to go to South Dakota in April? Yes. Okay, good. I'll be there too. (laughs) Here's how it works. First, there are no network restrictions. You can you can use whatever medical care you want, whatever doctor you want. All you do is you. You send in your need. Yeah. And there's other Christians on the other side that say, hey, I'll send you, I'll, I'll, uh-huh. I'll, t- I'll take care of that for like you. Like Christians do. And we've been doing that for a while. You can join anytime. New members are always welcome. When the body of Christ comes together to pray, encourage, and provide for one another, burdens are lifted. God is glorified. This applies to all areas of life, including health care. Learn more at SamaritanMinistries.org slash Cross politic. Tell them we sent you. Yeah. Please. Tell yeah. them yeah. we sent you. They're a great corporate sponsor. We love them. We love yeah. what they're doing. Tell yeah. them we believe we in it. sent you. When are we going to get out of this pandemic? I think we should ask, actually, Joe Biden, when we're going to get out. No. Should we? we No. Joe Biden? No. He's the president. All right. By next Christmas, I think we'll be in a very different circumstance, God willing. God willing. Than we are today. Which God? I think a year from now, when it's 22 below zero here. um, No. A year from now. Global warming. (laughs) I think that will be significantly fewer people the slow god I mean to this god works slow be socially distanced have oh. to wear a mask etc but we don't know oh we don't know so i don't want to not work. promise anything here i told you when i ran and when i got elected i will always level with you oh Use Franklin Roosevelt's example. I'll shoot you, give it straight from the shoulder. I will shoot straight you. from the shoulder what I know and what I don't know. I will shoot you. We don't know for certain, but it is highly unlikely that by the beginning of next year's school, traditional school year in September, we are not significantly better off than we are today. Oh. But it matters. Oh. It matters whether you continue to wear that mask. Oh it matters whether you continue to socially distance. Oh. It matters whether you wash no, your hands with hot water. No, it doesn't. It, those things matter. No. They matter. And matter. that can save a lot of lives while we're getting to this point where you get to herd immunity. Two, two things here. One is this is how petty tyranny likes to lead is in the ambiguity. And uh, in the grayness, like, no. are we going to get out? I don't know. How long is the pandemic going to go? But, I don't know. But it's still condescending and badgering. Uh, absolutely. And, but you and, still have to do what I know, what I say to do. But you know where he got this leadership from? I can't tell you how many pastors oh. I've talked to that like to that when he they lead the same way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's it's gray. Right. But listen to me. Yeah. I just want to say that I think you guys owe Uncle Daddy an apology. No. 
You guys Why? the whole time. What? Your your uncle daddy was talking, and you guys were talking Uh-oh. over uncle daddy. Uh-oh. He was oh, trying to tell. No, wait Nothing. a second. Now let let uncle daddy tell y'all what y'all need to be doing with your lives. I can't believe the president of the United States told me to wash my hands. The, All right. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? But that's what I'm trying to get to. (laughs) Why are we asking him when we can do and act like free human beings? Uncle Daddy don't get to determine for us these things. And we've and so that's the when do we when do we get when do we get back to normal? When can I go outside? It's it's none of his business. It it doesn't matter what he says. Right? He's supposed to punish evil and reward good. This this is this is uh, you know all bound up with the, the you know everybody's been freaking out about Ted Cruz going to Cancun. Yeah, boy. Senator, did you hear the news brief that I did it today? No, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't catch it. <laughs> oh, but, but it. Who cares what Ted Cruz is doing it on his doesn't. vacation? Well, here's the thing. So leave the. I know. He's Come a on, senator. Pastor. He's a senator. Preach it. He doesn't run the Texas power like, grid. Even yeah. if he wasn't, though, let's say that he's the governor for a second. Okay, it's none he, of the governor's business. So FEMA just got orders from Joe Biden to go to Oklahoma. I believe they're working on Louisiana and also trying to communicate yeah. with Texas yeah. so that they can supply. And and Joe Biden is doing this, and he can be wherever he wants to be at, yeah. and it still operates. How come nobody's saying, "Well, Joe Biden's not in Texas. Right. Joe Biden's not in Louisiana. Joe Biden's not in Oklahoma." Because they hate Texas. So is, that's the thing that's all, that's it doesn't but why does it matter where your politician is right. well, why, why doesn't somebody ask why is california still in lockdown while florida is still open and free i want to start with what we just saw contrast states like florida and california that's my question um, california basically in lockdown and their numbers aren't that different from florida well good morning stephanie uh, look there's so much of this <laughs> virus that we think we understand, that we think we can predict, that's just beyond a little bit beyond our explanation. What we do know is that the more careful people are, the more they mask and social distance. No, no, Florida and California. The quicker it goes away and the less it spreads. But we have got to get better visibility into variants. We don't know what role they play. Um, large events, etc. But the, you know, this is a as we all have learned by this time, this is a virus that continues to surprise us. Um, it's very hard to predict, and you know, all around the country, we've got to continue to do a better job. And I think I think we are, but we're not done yet. But it, it, he just he just did the same thing. We don't know, we don't know how this works, but what we do know is you got to wash your hands and put your mask on and, and do your thing. Yeah, this yeah. virus, you know. No. It's really tricky. Yeah, it is. It, well, here, I got a great it's uh, so article. Tricky. It's so tricky that in Florida, yeah. it, the variants don't go. They, they, <laughs> they like go right up to the border, and they're like, oh, this is Florida. <laughs> we should go back to California. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, what, what she's really asking is, the people in Florida are living like they're normal. Free. They're doing everything that they want to do. Their yeah. businesses are open. They're not losing the money. They're not shutting down. People's grandmothers and families are being able to see each other and manage and take yep. care of each other. And people in California have all their freedoms taken away. Yeah. What? And so she's actually, it's funny because I don't think they would have asked this question a few months oh, ago sure, sure. when we didn't have this. This is on MSNBC. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, right. I mean, this is, this guy, it's, it's a pretty big deal that she's even asking the question. But I think there's, a, there's another, there's another underlying question here which is what are you going to do about florida too right they aren't locked down they're being free who who gets to control what this like the kids saying hey how come they get to do right what are y'all going to do about florida and 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 so florida right now y'all keep it up i mean i I wish i would have never shut down but right right so so i got some helpful uh uh, tips from a pastor or actually chris hume he's a christian author uh, on uh, six reasons every pastor should require a mask and social distancing in well, church. I don't like so, this. Oh, no. So, in uh, church? In uh, church. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, require 
mask and here. social distancing okay. in, at okay. church. Okay, okay. at church. Uh, okay. The first one is uh, I'll, you'll I'll be, be open minded. The first one is you'll be fitting in. Um, yeah, so that's one of the fruit of the spirit and, and helping others to fit in too. So that's that's mm. that's reason number one to fit in, by Chris. Yeah, to, okay. to that's fit what in. Jesus that's, said: make sure above everything else you fit in. Number two, number two, you, you will encourage everyone to trust the government. That's that's yeah. Is that is that, is that a good? Yeah, that's Romans thirteen. Is, Romans thirteen. Uh, okay, everybody this, should trust the government. Whatever it says. Is that a taste maybe, of maybe sar- this is satire? Now that I'm, <laughs> I'm tasting a little bit of sarcasm. Okay, 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 sarcasm. Oh, number three, by binding the consciences of all believers, you will weed out dangerous independent thinkers from your church. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, that's true. That's what Paul said about schismatics. That's mm. so good. Number four. Number four. You will be showing your support for the government mandate shutdown. Of your congregants' businesses. It's <laughs> great. Oh, he's. This is definitely sarcasm, guys. This is. I'm not sure. The more I read, I think it's, it's more sarcasm. Okay, okay. Is there another and, one? And Bitcoin. You know, it's like all of a sudden I'm like, hey, this is where you need Bitcoin, right? Number five. You will help Christians understand true science, yeah. <laughs> oh. which, which amounts to shut up. Yeah, exactly. Right. Wash your hands. Or, or wash your hands. Wash your hands from, and from shut the up. The president said, "Wash your hands." Last one. Number six, Chris, I don't think this is actually helpful to the church now that you're, uh, now that I've read through them all. Number six, you will ensure unity by making everyone act the same way. Right, which is one of the, which, Compliance. Is one, which is one of the fundamental values of critical race theory. Oh, right. <laughs> Ensuring unity by making everyone act the same way. Right? Wow. It's one of the fundamental values of critical, Ooh. I mean, wow. like on the Gospel Coalition, I'm pretty sure I saw an article about it. You know what's amazing to me is that. Was we, it by RZIM? Oh, Gabe, you, that, why are you, why are you bringing this back? You know, that's, Ooh, it's funny to, I don't think that people understand. How's our pastor coach? You talked to his lawyer. Yeah, the other day. I'd, I'd love to give an update, update on this guy before we uh, go off into our second segment here. But uh, uh, pastor James Coates, I actually interviewed his, his lawyer, lawyer yesterday yeah, on, on my water break. It was really good. Yeah. Uh, you know, Canadian law, it's not as um, uh, short up as our U.S. constitution, even though our U.S. constitution <laughs> is not being yeah, sure up. We, we don't care about the Constitution. We got the First Amendment. We, we're like, yeah, uh, it can be interpreted, right? It's a living document, right. um, and, and so it's a little more difficult. So Canadian law basically says you have religious liberties, liberties, un, unless there's emergencies or situations where the government needs to. It's like America. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> re, revoke them for the greater good. Functionally the same. So, but Canadian law specifically states that our Constitution doesn't, and it still happens, right? Um, but uh, yeah, right. Ours, ours actually states that we have that right. Period. Without yeah. an exception, Without the Canadian law has an exception right. in there. So, so basically, yeah. our city council and our government is more Canadian than America. Ooh. Um, oh, oh. Bars. Wow. That, bars. That's tweetable. Uh, and so uh, he's in jail now. He's still he's in jail. Been in jail since Tuesday. Uh, he had a hearing on Wednesday morning. In the hearing on Wednesday morning, the judge. So um, he's also on my show yesterday. Um, the the lawyer said this, but he he's in jail on a non arrestable offense. Yeah. So breaking the health code the way he did, he right. shouldn't actually shouldn't right. be arrested, but he right. keeps doing it. And so the Canadians are trying to deal with him. So they're putting teeth to it. And, and, they, and they keep on asking exactly. him to promise that he won't go back and preach again in church. That's what the judge – the judge gave him that, that – uh, option, not option, but that that requirement right. related to For his release. release. Is That's it just right. is it just preaching or preaching with a certain amount of people? It's it's, it's with it's having thirty more than thirty percent, fifteen percent capacity in the building. Yeah, it's so you can go back and preach, but with the regulations that the government say that you have to have it's in like, order to be it's able like to preach. Like Pharaoh preach. says, you can go out and worship in, in <laughs> the wilderness, but, but you, you got to bring your children. You got to leave the women and children here. Huh. So yeah. it's like you can pray, Daniel, but make sure that you close the windows, just close the blinds. Yeah, okay, all right, yeah, and all right. Isn't that what Romans? 
13 says. <laughs> so uh, notice, guys. Notice, guys. That they're saying the reason why they're keeping him is because they're saying he might be. He might be a health threat. The inspector was quoted saying that he might be a threat. He Ed, might to Edmonton. He, he might. So they haven't proved. Yeah. So they, uh, guys, this, this goes back to preventative and punitive this, uh, enforcement that it, we've been talking about here it, on the show. This is the end of that road. Yeah. It, this is this it, is Jonathan Gleeman's wisdom. Yeah. It, right. Well, if 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 you allow the government to say we are going to prevent evil from happening, you yep. give them that license to do that to go around and inspect your buildings and inspect yeah. and see what's safe or what's healthy or whatever. If you, this the end of this, I mean, you can have reasonable people that are still working. Sort Sort of with Christian standards where they'll leave you alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. As soon as that fades away, right. um, there's no end. There's no brakes on this car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I interrupted you. Sorry. No, no. so uh, basically they're kind of in this, they're waiting on a trial, and, and right now they can't quite schedule it yet. So oh, he, can be in, he can be in jail for two, two, two weeks. Yeah, so. before we go, there have been a few oh. websites that are trying to. That's what I'm getting to rally. right now. Oh, yeah, great. that's what, that's what I'm hey, getting to. Let's oh. do that segue now. Right. So there's, there's a couple things that are going on that you guys can maybe help with. One is to, if you guys got some cash, donate to JCCF. .ca. That's the Justice Center. That's who's defending uh, Pastor Coates. And the, the guy that I talked to yesterday is a fantastic Christian. Say that site again. JCCF.ca. Okay. Uh, it's the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedom in Canada. Okay. Um, and they're great. They're, they're great defending Pastor they're defending Coates. Them. Yep. And uh, the other thing is you can actually go to Grace Life uh, and donate uh, on their website to their church. Basically, GraceLife.com. CA? Um, let me, I mean, yeah, I think it's gracelife.ca. That's the church. Um, That's Pastor Coates. Google Jason church. Coates, his website, his church yeah, website. Grace Life. Yeah, they, they had a GoFundMe campaign, raised what they needed initially, but I mean, um, this is going to be this an gonna ongoing be a big fight. Yeah, it's going right. to be a big fight. His wife is home with three kids. Pray uh, for or them. A couple kids. Uh, she texted me um, uh, uh, kind of some updates on what's going on. So I, I talking to the lawyer yesterday, you know, um, uh, James is uh, Coates is a, a little discouraged just because he's by himself. He's it, well, it, you're eating prison food and all that stuff. Well, so that, any, any it, encouragement you guys can bring them would be fantastic. Lastly, there's a, going to be a protest in Edmonton on the 20th, which is Saturday, um, which would be yesterday. yesterday. Yeah. So kind of be praying for what happened there. And, uh, and then there's one, you can pray. Person. You can definitely oh. pray that way. You can pray that God would have blessed it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, totally good. And pay attention. There's some pastors that are starting to organize. There's one in Manitoba, and right. there's actually going on in Al- go, Alberta, go in to, Calgary. Go, go to backtochurchmb.com. Back to church MB. And this is for churches, particularly in Manitoba. Right. They're all planning to go back to church on March 7th. And they're saying, yep. basically, everybody sign up. Tell Manitoba. Exactly. We're going back to church. No regulations. Doors are open. And This is what should happen in Alberta right now. You guys need yeah. to open up a website, That's do the right. same thing, same yeah. play the run in Manitoba. Yeah. And and thousands of Christians worship. Let's say March seventh. Let's all do March seventh. Whatever. Get your church prepared. Get your sheep ready. They can't and do arrest this. you they all. Can't. They, they can't, can't arrest you all. They're, they 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 need to be done. And the church needs to just stand up. The church the the church is open. The, Jesus Christ is Lord of Amen. the church. Right. Amen. Look, Look if the they tried government. to put all those pastors in one jail cell, they got trouble on their hands. Well, now Amen. we just gather they together everybody to have hands. church. That's yeah. right. We, so so we're, we're going right. to win anyway. Also, I want to say, if you're in America, this is how you worship. You are the problem. Yeah. You are the problem. I don't think I I can't. Can't stress this enough. People don't know this, but just hitting the share button, just posting this yeah, to your yeah, Twitter, right. yep. to your Facebook, to your yep, Gab, right. going around and, and sharing this and talking about this is a massive help and a massive blessing. And we don't understand. Don't just scroll past the story. Hit the share button. And believe it's, it or not, that is extremely helpful and extremely powerful. And pray for our brother right now. Pastor Coates. Uh, Pastor Coates. He's, he's in there fighting. We need to be in, out All here right. fighting with him. You All right. Ready? You ready? Get your pen and paper out. Yeah, Get ready. Bitcoin. We're going to talk about Bitcoin. Share the Bitcoin. show. Because you're going to want to... Uh, <laughs>
understand this. This do, is powerful. Do some push-ups. Jimmy Song up next talking about Bitcoin on Cross Politic. My name is Jamie Piles. I joined Samaritan in December of 1996, so I'm coming up on 24 years. When people ask me, does it really work? I say, oh, it works fantastic. I send my money to somebody every month. But we had a need with my wife. Uh, was it spent a little bit of time in the hospital about three months ago, and so I had, I had a checklist with about 39 names on it, and 39 checks came in. Some of the cards, some of the things people had to say. It was amazing to watch. Because it's because yeah, cowboy hat. Right. Isn't oh it? man, uh-huh. he's just encouraging you, isn't he? Yes, he is. Welcome back to Cross Politic on the one and only Fight Laugh Feast Network. Thanks for joining us. I'm pretty sure we're the fastest growing Christian political podcast ever. <laughs> that people I, are listening to know. right now. Yeah, right now, maybe, <laughs> maybe not. Uh, in in, uh, in in maybe Bitcoin terminology in blockchain world. Yeah. <laughs> hey, with us right now on the line, we got Mr. Jimmy Song. He's a Bitcoin developer, educator, entrepreneur, and wizard. I thought he was a singing artist. He's a, he's an open source. <laughs> just did that. You just did that. Okay. I was waiting for that. Sorry, Mr. Song. He's an open source <laughs> contributor to many different Bitcoin projects. He's the author of Programming Bitcoin from O'Reilly, the Little Bitcoin Book, and Thank God for Bitcoin. Jim writes. Jimmy writes a. I'm gonna call him Jim now. Writes a weekly newsletter. <laughs> I call him Jay. Bitcoin Tech Talk, and has a podcast. Bitcoin fixes this. Jimmy, thanks for joining us on Cross Politic. Thank you so much for having me. I've been a fan of the show, and I love Ooh. that you guys are asking these questions because that means that we're finally going to come into the mainstream. So yeah, <laughs> there, there we go. There we go. <laughs> and he's appeared on shows like Cross, cross Politics. Politics. He, he don't listen to no Cross Politics. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He came out swinging when we got him on the line. Yeah, he's, that's he true. Yeah. So, all right, Jimmy, we, we've been um, we've been ta- calling the we've been dubbing this show as we've been prepping for it. This is Bitcoin for dummies. Yeah, um, we, we've talked about it a little bit here and there. We had uh, we had George Gilder on a while back, and we've, we've you know tried to understand what he's talking about, but our brains are really small. And so <laughs> between uh, the three of us, <laughs> might get one brain. So so start out real slow, real basic for us. What what is Bitcoin? Bitcoin is uh, digital currency. And the thing that makes Bitcoin different than, say, the U.S. dollar, which is also digital currency, is that it is decentralized. So the way I like to describe it is decentralized digital currency. Now, we have decentralized currency like bars of gold, but it's physical. So that's decentralized physical currency, right? Um, Anyone can go dig for it. There's no permission required by anybody. Um, We also have centralized digital currency like the US dollar, but uh, for your younger viewers, um, you can think of it like World of Warcraft gold. That is something that the Blizzard Corporation issues as part of their game World of Warcraft. Uh, Lots of other things like that, including airline miles and many other things, which are also digital. Uh, But they're controlled by a central entity and they're the only ones that are allowed to issue it. Bitcoin is both decentralized and digital and that makes it very unique. Who issues it? that is something that we never had. Who issues it? Nobody. Well, so it's you can mine for it. So there's somebody that mines it. 
uh, and they're called miners, just like gold has miners, right? right they're right. the people that get dig gold out of the ground. And there's a lot of an, an analogies to be made there. But basically, you run mining equipment uh, that's uh, basically computers that are processing lots and lots of numbers uh, to to find it. So I, I'm told that for a gold miner, they go through something around 40 tons of dirt and rock to find one ounce of gold. Right. That, and that that costs roughly the cost of one ounce of gold, which is currently about seventeen hundred dollars or so. So it, um, their cost basis for mining that ounce of gold is maybe like sixteen hundred fifty and they make fifty dollars on margin, something like that. Uh, Bitcoin is very similar. There's uh, there are mining companies with a lot of mining equipment and they mine uh, uh, not with dirt, but with numbers. They process as many numbers as they can. And when they find their nugget, then they broadcast it to the rest of the network. And then we, we now have sort of uh, new Bitcoin that comes into existence. Uh, currently, that that is 6.25 Bitcoins every 10 minutes. Um, it halves every four years. And for that reason, we know that there will be only 21 million ever. So it's not just digital and decentralized, but it's also perfectly scarce, something that we've never had ever in uh, in any currency before. If, if Bitcoin is numbers... How can aren't numbers infinite? Yeah. So uh, your your mental model of digital things is generally something like an MP3 file or something like that. You you guys all probably remember Napster. You can just yeah. infinitely copy it, right? And uh, and, and it, it might be sort of like a, a strange concept that something digital can be decentralized, but it can be. And the, the way that's done is through a ledger. And uh, a ledger is what your bank uses. It's, it's almost exactly like it. Uh, when you deposit money, uh, right, $500 into your bank, what they don't do is label, uh, label a box with your name and put, the, put your $500 in it. That's not how it works. Right. They put the $500 in the vault and credit you plus $500 to your account. Right. And when you uh, when you pay somebody and uh, and send a check to somebody, for example, um, they debit your account and credit the other account. That's how a ledger works. So right. it's a, a ledger is really just a bunch of transactions like that. Bitcoin also has a ledger, except instead of a bank, uh, you know, bank's ledger, you have a ledger that everybody has a copy of. And this is called the blockchain. This is where uh, this is a record of every transaction that's ever happened on Bitcoin. So um, it, it's not a small amount. It's about 300 gigabytes of data at this point because we've got 12 years of history. But that, that has every single transaction. And uh, we, any soft, uh, Bitcoin software can verify that you know, no one's overdrawing their accounts, for example, creating new money. And uh, and it makes sure that there, there's a bunch of other rules as well that that it, it complies to. But so, so the money essentially lives on this ledger. So if you tried, uh, you can't like sort of copy stuff. The number uh, analogy that I made with uh, with mining is related to uh, sort of how new bitcoins come into existence on this ledger. But uh, but the actual accounting only takes place on the blockchain itself. Does so, that make sense? It, well, <laughs> wait, wait, so wait, the ledger sounds like there's a centralization there. No, it's but he, no, no. It's, oh, well, so that that's the thing. Everyone has a copy. Every every single person has a copy, and you verify for yourself. And the the decentralized aspect is that I I run the software, and I I get to check for myself. So with your bank, for example. Uh, you have no idea if it's solvent or not, right? And this was a big problem uh, during like the wildcat banking era and so on, where you had no idea if they lent out more money than they actually had in the vault. Mm. Um, 
with Bitcoin, you every, everyone that's running the software checks the ledger and makes sure that it balances, right? Like it, it's uh, it's not in the negative or whatever. And everyone has a copy of that ledger. So you're essentially running the entire system that like say a bank would run on your own computer. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does to me. <laughs> Gabe got it. I, I mean, I, I got the legend. I, mean, I, I, you guys I understand. Speak, you guys are speaking Texan. It, no, he didn't uh, say one thing. I, no. <laughs> so, I, can, can we like back up? A, can we back up a little just bit? Just a little bit. Um, you and me at yeah, least. Yeah. So, I mean, tell me what what's confusing you, so, and I'll, I'll try to explain it as so best I can. Let, let's zoom way out first of all. And can you just give us a simple definition of what is money? Yeah. So th this is the thing that a lot of people realize once they get into Bitcoin is that they didn't really understand money. Money money is basically uh, three things in a classically economic sense. It's a store of value, medium of exchange and unit of account. And each of those things uh, means something different. Store of value means that you can. Uh, you can store value over time, and uh, and generally that means that money has to be pretty durable, uh, you yeah. know, and doesn't sort of waste away or something like that. That's why we don't use potatoes as money, for example. Um, <laughs> hey, it, 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 are you knocking Idaho? <laughs> no, no. I'm sure somebody's used uh, potatoes as money at some point. <laughs> right. Medium of exchange, uh, which means that you can uh, you you can trade for things with it uh, right. rather than bringing whatever you happen to produce. So so, so far uh, you described uh, potato chips. <laughs> they can last for a long time. <laughs> they have trading value. All right, and then, never mind. All right, Let, sorry. Go ahead. On, Go ahead, on. Jimmy. Uh, so it, it also needs to be for because it's uh, because you're trading. It also needs to be highly divisible and fungible and recognizable. Mm -hmm. um, meaning that it, it, if you can't divide it into enough pieces, uh, then then it's not going to be very easy to trade because you're going to want like uh, a little more precision. So um, you need it to be divisible. You need it to be recognizable. So uh, you know, uh, the, you don't want a metal that's very easy to fake or something like that. And they've had problems with this in the past where you, you had the base metal trading at par with uh, real metal and so on. Uh, and you, you want it to be fungible. You, you want one piece to be the same as another. Um, right. it, like, you know, there, there are various uh, commodities that are not like that, including something like diamonds, where, you know, the carrot and cut might change things or whatever. So people don't use diamonds as uh, as a medium of exchange, for example. And finally, it's a unit of account. It's something that you use to measure everything else. And mm -hmm. uh, and that's honestly where a lot of uh, a lot of the shenanigans <laughs> with the current um, monetary system actually happen is that because it's used as a unit of account by inflating it, they're essentially able to. Uh, control the economy to some degree. So, Jimmy, I understand why gold is uh, such a good mm -hmm. um, standard uh, because not only mm -hmm. is is gold valuable in exchange, you know, in is coinage or whatever in exchanging, but it also is intrinsically valuable because you can take that gold and make it into a gold chain. You it has can, values to it. Yeah. It has its own value to it, and which is, um, and and we used to have gold kind of be the standard for the dollar. We obviously disconnected the dollar from mm -hmm. that, um, and so mm -hmm. it seems like uh, both the dollar and both Bitcoin are um, disconnected from something that has intrinsic value. Does that does that make mm -hmm. sense? And we've disconnected is, it is from that, a yeah. standard. Um, is that true? 
Well, so um, th- this is uh, sort of like a different conception of value. So uh, I come from sort of the Austrian economic school and uh, the Austrian economic schools uh, day, theory Mike. of value is that all value is subjective, right? Like it's it, there's no such thing as intrinsic value per se. That's uh, that's kind of like saying everybody in the world agrees that, uh, you know, this thing is valuable for some reason. Like there's, there's no way you can get everybody to value uh, to agree on pretty much anything. So like the idea of intrinsic value doesn't really make sense. Um, but that said, uh, what, what you're pointing out is that gold may have had other uses before it became money. Now, there, there's some, uh, you know, suggestion that that might not be the case, uh, especially like, uh, you know, given that like maybe. Maybe it was used for gold teeth, but other than sort of modern, uh, you know, aeronautic, um, you know, use cases or like electronics use cases, there actually aren't that many, right? Like uh, people point out jewelry, but actually, if you if you study the history of gold, people used gold as jewelry because it was actually easy uh, and convenient to pay. So people used to have links of chain, uh, a chain, uh, gold chain, for example, so they could take off one link and pay people, and it, it was an easy way to. Uh, you know, uh, make gold more uh, tradable, in other words. And transferable, now, yeah. Why, yeah, yeah, uh, and, and, and it's very portable. Uh, and that's that's essentially why gold as uh, gold became money and became the standard from something like 1870 to 1910 was that it, it did have this scarcity uh, or it, it did have this utility but the most important part was the scarcity and that's uh, that's something that gold's had throughout its history uh, remarkably enough over its 6000 year history um, you know the new gold mine was has almost uh, entirely been steady at about two percent a year, like going all the way back to ancient Egypt. Uh, you can you can look at the history of gold and realize like there was there was never really that big an influx of new gold, except for maybe a short time during uh, you know the Spanish sort of taking over uh, America and and you know mining a lot of gold there. Other than like a few special times like that, gold's been remarkably scarce, um, and to this day. This is why gold is valued, because it's still scarce. There are lots of other monetary mediums like salt, wampums, glass beads, rye stones uh, that are no longer money because essentially people figured out how to produce all of those things in large quantities. So in a sense, like gold is uh, gold's value is subjective. So if, for example, we figured out a way to create lots of gold tomorrow, which is not out of the realm of uh, question, there was, uh, for example, an asteroid that uh, NASA scientists found that had more gold in that one rock than all of the above ground gold I- in the world, right? Like, and if they could somehow efficiently go to that uh, asteroid, or if it crashed to Earth or something, they, um, gold's price would, uh, gold scarcity would go down, and probably its price as well. So does that make sense? It's a, it's a, it's yeah. about scarcity, not about intrinsic value. Yeah, but I think that everybody who's used to working with money still has this mentality that the money is representative somehow in gold, and so and mm. until and so more recently, I think that. We're starting to see that, or at, least, or at least some kind of some re- kind of real, real value, real, real tangible value, because we wanted accountability in our money, right? So, here, so here's a, here's a here's my question, I guess. Now, the more I understand money, what we have operating right now is is really fiat money, right? Mm-hmm. It is is cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, basically the same thing. Since we already got fiat money operating, isn't it just fiat money operating on the other end too? 
No, well, so all the all the other altcoins have some centralized single point of failure. So those I think would be fair to classify as fiat money. With Bitcoin, it's actually decentralized, and it's actually uh, not an easy property to get decentralization uh, in, in in money. Uh, but it it is very scarce, and um, uh, you guys were talking about sort of having something tangible um and for older folks that's certainly the case that they associate scarcity with something tangible right like right. I, I, I i'm 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 being serious like for yeah. for younger folks that that actually know what digital scarcity is more like um and they're they're kind of used to you know uh you know what what like a video game might uh might consider scarce and it's like uh, a lot of older folks can't understand why you're paying like, uh, you know, $500 for like a decal on a gun and Counter-Strike right, or right, something right. like that. Uh, right, right. Like there, there is such, such a thing as digital scarcity. Now, centralized digital scarcity has lasted for a long time, including in fiat money. Uh, but hmm. decentralized digital scarcity didn't really come into existence until, until Satoshi Nakamoto invented it in 2008. Right. So what we have is this uh, this decentralized digital money that's actually scarce and it has all of the utility of gold and more because with gold, you have to actually transport it. Right. That that um, that actual act of transporting is is, is like slows everything down. Um, you know, there's sunken treasure ships of yesteryear like had to carry the gold with them and this is why there's like buried treasure period because right. they had to carry it with them otherwise they couldn't trade and uh, and that that was the problem and in fact that's actually the reason why a lot of gold turned into fiat money is because travel over uh, trade over distance became so cumbersome they used bills of exchange as a way to represent that gold and the, and then eventually it became fractional reserve banking um, and like uh, central banking after that and all of this was to stimulate more trade which in of itself is good, but it also gave uh, the central bankers the power to print more money, which ends up like being an, an enormous moral hazard that uh, that's been taken advantage of by the ruling elite. Is is. Uh, you just you just hit the did. music? No, because okay. I, I have a question. Yeah, I know, but my brain's still fried. Okay, when we come back, Pastor Toby gets to ask his <laughs> I'm, question. I'm gonna ask a question, and and we're gonna have more with Jimmy Song. He's gonna sing some more songs about cryptocurrency for us <laughs> next. Across, <laughs> I'm still my I, my brain's fried. How do you have another question? You're supposed to be processing. I, I'm I'm lost after the. Hi, I'm Robert Borton, CEO of Classical Conversations. Our most precious commodity is time. No one has ever lied on their deathbed wishing they had spent more time making money. They all wish they had spent more time creating a legacy. Our modern education system steals that legacy, steals that time from our children. That's why I'm passionate about homeschooling. That's why at Classical Conversations we want to give you more time to create that legacy, follow your passions, and glorify God. Visit classicalconversations.com for more information. I just You didn't even let me count down. No, because three, two. I usually feel better when you let me count down. We there's gonna be a lot of counting coming up later, don't worry. <laughs> Welcome back to Cross Politic. Another segment to break your brain on Bitcoin and blockchain. Well, my Bitcoin's doing good. I have Bitcoin. You know, you know, I'm making money. You don't know what it is. I don't, hey, I don't hey, know Jimmy, what I'm doing. Jimmy, you you are you a miner? Or like a Bitcoin miner? What kind of question is it? You don't have I, to answer I am that, not, Jimmy. And uh 
<laughs> you don't I have to answer that. It's like that's some sort of racist not. foreigner question or something. Are you a minor? <laughs> is that wow. what he's doing? <laughs> Let him finish. I know there's like history of like Chinese people that came to Boise or something. So come on, let's, uh, let's come down. <laughs> Well, all right, so let's, uh, first of all, I'm Korean, so just, just so you know. <laughs> just like, I knew that, by the way. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. All right, so what, what we have with mining is uh, it's kind of like um, uh, the, the people that are good at it uh, know how to run data centers, uh, source energy cheaply, and all this other stuff. Uh, so it's kind of like gold mining, right? Uh, you're not going to gold mine unless you happen to be really good at those skills, which is, you know, getting uh, contracts for gold mines, right? Like being, getting the land rights or whatever, yeah. um, you know, the logistics around, uh, you know, digging and processing the dirt and all that stuff. So if you don't have expertise in that, that's not what you're going to go in. And this is one of the subtle things about Bitcoin uh, or just hard money in general that a lot of people don't get is that in, uh, it, it incentivizes people to work at what they're good at, what provides value to other people, right? What but provides value to the market instead of providing value to the money printer. And this is what we have in the current economy is that a lot of people end up working jobs that are nearer to the money printer. So uh, the best and the brightest in the world right now, right? Like the people that graduate from Harvard, Stanford, or MIT or whatever, where do they go for jobs? Well, they go into investment banking, not because they happen to be good at investment banking, but because that's where all the money is. That's mm. where a lot of the money printing is happening. So, uh, you know, I don't mind Bitcoin, um, and that's a good thing. I, I do a lot of other things around Bitcoin that I happen to be good at, and that's, uh, that's how a free economy should work, where we can use the best gifts that God gave us for the betterment of others. To me, that is what it means to love other people, right? Love your neighbor, to put, uh, to put your best talents towards, uh, you know, helping civilization, essentially. So my, the question I had um, b yeah. before the break was this. So it seems to me that, is this correct, that the thing, there has to be something of value in Bitcoin. Mm. And it seems to me that the thing that is of value is the security promise, yeah, um, the decentralization. And, and, like, well, that's what it comes from. The but, government can't well, toy with it. Or, okay. That's what it is. I'll let you finish. So, yeah, I will. I have a question. <laughs> this part, <I'm, laughs> no, but the security. I'm is, working this out with you right now. <laughs> but that's the point. Is yeah, that the security right. is the fact that it's entirely decentralized. Right. Um, it's, mm -hmm. And so you've got all, you know, everybody that wants to can check the ledger, can check to see what is there. Um, and so there's, mm -hmm. a, there's a promise, at least, of security. Um, and mm -hmm. as you noted, you know, that's sort of always been the kind of one, one of the major challenges with currency is security. Um, not only do you, mm -hmm. does it need to be secure, but then you also need to be able to share it. You also need right. to be able to value things with it. But, but the security factor is one yeah. of, is that correct? That the thing that people are saying, you know, what we need is a more secure form of currency. And this was invented essentially as a, as an offer of a more secure way of um, keeping value that can't be just strung around by one person or the government or whatever. Is, is that right? Yeah, I think the, I, I think you hit the nail on the head, and I, I'm going to steal that, by the way, because that was such a good description. So oh, basically yeah. what you have <laughs> is, uh, is something that is really, really secure. And, uh, and the thing is, like, the current system, the fiat system, it is designed around um, – uh, securing it against theft of certain types. So right. if you hold gold bars in your house, then somebody can come in and rob you or something like that. But it also doesn't, uh, you know, protect you from theft in other ways like inflation, right? Like with right. the government taking mm -hmm. it away 
or if they accuse you, if they don't yeah. like you politically, they can take it away and things like that. Right. So Bitcoin is is essentially something that uh, secures you against all of those. So it's perfectly scarce. So no one can sort of inflate uh, and like dilute your coins. Um, it's also uh, much more easily uh, securable. So uh, you guys are probably familiar with Executive Order 6102, uh, 1933. Yeah, this I'm is familiar. when FDR... Uh, basically, uh, like confiscated all of the gold. And he was able to do that because gold is a physical commodity. Right. The nice thing about Bitcoin is that it's a digital commodity. It, it, it's actually like sort of a metaphysical thing. So you can memorize 12 words. These are what you would call seed words or something like that. And um, and basically hold those uh, hold all your Bitcoin in those 12 words. And uh, and this this has been used. So uh, you know, I, I know people from Venezuela uh, who are fleeing the Maduro regime. And, you know, you got to imagine, like, if you're if you're a refugee from uh, from a regime, like uh, you want to take all the value with you as possible. Yeah. But generally, uh, those regimes make it very, very difficult. So what what they do is they sell everything that they have and convert it to Bitcoin, memorize those 12 words or keep it on their phone or something that won't be confiscated, cross the border and then sell the Bitcoin and start a new life. And that's that's something that really wow. refugees haven't really had the chance to do. And this is something one of my co-authors to the book, uh, Jordan Bush, um, uh, you know, he, he's a missionary in Uruguay and he's, uh, you know, one of, uh, he, most of his congregation is actually Venezuelan refugees. Uh, and, you mm. know, this is something that he talks about is how much Bitcoin just sort of changes the game in all of these places where, you know, monetary inflation is much greater than it is in the West. So, mm. Um, really incredible technology because you can secure it in it, just in your brain, right? It becomes something more akin to a belief and less like a physical commodity. And uh, and for that reason, it's a it's a lot easier to secure. Uh, and you know they can't just sort of take it away from you that, like they can a physical commodity. They have to sort of almost torture you, kind of like a heretic or something, right. uh, or accuse you of heresy, right? Like that. That's yeah, the yeah. level of security you have around your uh, uh, around your bitcoins. So. You talked about there is no inflation with Bitcoin then, right? Yeah, well, so not all 21 million has been mined, but that's that's the sort of like upper limit because of uh, the having schedule. So the way it works is uh, first four years, it was 50 uh, Bitcoin per block every 10 minutes. Um, and that went for 210,000 blocks, which is roughly about four years. Uh, and then the next one was next four years was 25 per block. And that was 210,000 blocks. So 50 plus 25. And then uh, the next four years, it was 12 and a half. And now we're in, currently in the era of 6.25. <clears throat> so it, it halves each time. And if you add 50 plus 25 plus 12 and a half, 6.25 and so on, it, it, it goes asymptotically to 100. 100 times 210,000 is 21 million. And that's how many Bitcoin there will be. Of course, that's uh, not to say that, uh, you know, uh, there, you can't, it, it's not, it, it's very divisible. So one, one Bitcoin is, uh, goes down to eight decimal places and the smallest unit is, is what we call one Satoshi. So you can buy a very small fraction of Bitcoin. I can, I can send you like, uh, you know, one tenth of a penny of Bitcoin if I wanted to. So please, that, please that's do. what, it, 
Gabe, <laughs> <laughs> I'll take donations. Please do. Getting paid more than one tenth of a penny. You know. Sure. Okay, so I guess I just you just made me ask more questions. Yeah, yeah. You know, But I guess the question I'm asking with the rise of Bitcoin right now, how it seems like you have a way to protect for inflation since it's perfectly scarce. How do you protect against deflation with it rising right now? Well, I mean, uh, deflation in in that sense is a very good thing because, uh, you know, as as people lose uh, their Bitcoins, right, and this has happened, there was a guy that threw out a hard drive with like 7,000 Bitcoin in it, uh, you know, like uh, eight years ago into a landfill, and that that's probably never going to get recovered again. There and there are lots of coins like that. So, in that sense, it's deflationary, or it will be eventually when it's uh, at twenty one million and people start losing their coins. But in a sense, that means that the rest of the network gets that value, um, and that's about the most fair thing you can uh, you can do, honestly. If you're if the money goes away, um, that means that your bitcoins are more valuable, and uh, and deflation uh, from an economic sense is actually very natural, like from Austrian economics, I'm, I'm speaking, uh, you know, as uh, you can see this in cell phones and computers and, uh, you know, technology that rapidly improves, but you can also see it in all sorts of other things like, uh, you know, housing, for example, it's a lot cheaper to build now than it was, say, 100 years ago. Um, you know, there, there's like technology that comes along the way that uh, makes things faster, easier, cheaper. Um, so deflation is a natural state of the world. So there's nothing really to fear. And in fact, during 1870 to 1910, during the gold standard, we actually had mild deflation throughout the rest, of, uh, throughout all of the world, despite uh, some central banks trying to print and so on. Um, and that was some of the best per capita innovation that we ever had. And it was actually post-Fed and post-central uh, you know, central banking standard that we, we started getting a lot of trouble, including world wars and so on. Mm. So, Jimmy... Uh, Bitcoin caps out at 21 million. Yeah. One of the reasons why I think there was more pressure to uh, print more dollars uh, to get away from the gold standard, uh, you already kind of hinted at it a little bit, but because um, gold was so limiting in the in its ability to uh, provide dollars to everybody to kind of expand, you know, the, the great American economy, right? Is that, is that Does that make sense? Well, so that that's sort of been the narrative that every, every every politician gives, right? Is that oh, there just aren't enough dollars to go around because right. there's not enough gold. Actually, what what should be happening is that the value of gold should have gone up, uh, and what they didn't, uh, what they wanted to do was keep printing more money. In fact, the reason why Franklin Delano Roosevelt uh, issued Executive Order Six One O Two was that uh, you know he wanted to devalue dollars, so everyone had to turn in their gold for twenty dollars and 67 cents uh, a year later he revalued gold to 35 dollars right this was their way of expanding the monetary supply um, and after nixon cut off the link to gold in 1971 they could do that sort of willy-nilly at at, at any point but that that was the point it, it, it's that uh really they the propaganda is that there aren't enough dollars to go around really it is we want to expand the money supply and uh this fixed scarce thing won't let us. So it, it's really sort of taking that power of money printing away from the government, what we call in uh, in Bitcoin, the separation of money and state. Um, and that that will, uh, you know, that limits government naturally uh, because they can't deficit spend, for example. This is one of the biggest ways in which money gets printed is that if you have a budget of $4 trillion and you get $3 trillion in uh, tax revenue, the extra $1 
trillion has to come from somewhere. The treasury sells, uh, you know, uh, bonds, which we call treasuries. Um, and if there aren't enough buyers, the central bank steps in and buys all of those bonds. And that's how more money comes into existence. So, one more question um, down this line. That, yeah. Yeah. One more question down this line of arguing. Uh, arguing. Um, if Bitcoin caps out at $21 million, isn't that kind of restrictive to helping the economy flourish? So kind of just following well, down that line. Yeah, yeah. So um, that that's uh, that's sort of like the Keynesian argument. You need like, uh, you know, money to sluice through the economy and continue to flow. Uh, and th- this is uh, what they call velocity of money needs yeah. to be high. Um, that that I think has been more or less debunked by Rothbard and Mises. So there are uh, like you can go read Austrian economics. The arguments get a little more technical, but essentially the argument comes down to it's not about money being spent. It's about money being spent wisely, like Keynesians, like aggregate statistics, like how much is being spent and and so on. Uh, But, you know, if you're spending money digging a hole and filling it back up, that's one thing. Uh, If you're spending money making an electric car, that's another. And and those two have very different effects on the economy. Uh, so what, what Bitcoin and any really hard money does is it, it, it causes people uh, to want to create good products and services and a lot more discerning about what it is that that they actually pay for. So because right now you, it, yeah. you have overconsumption of almost everything. And you can you can see that just in people, right? Like right. They, there's a lot of overweight people. There's a lot of uh, like zombie companies that are completely bloated and things like that. This is, this is the effect of just way too much consumption. Consumption and it's consumption brought forward. It's a, it's a, it's not it's not no, like uh, no. you know it, it's resources we have right now. It's essentially saying okay, we'll be in debt for the next thirty years and uh, and we'll we'll consume this thing right now. Any parent can tell you that's not really good for character, right? Like right. if you give them something and then make them pay it off versus like making them save and then uh, and then go get the thing. Bitcoin is more of a savings technology, fiat money, and uh, it is really a debt based. Uh, money. That's really and helpful. That, that's yeah. really bad. So one thing that you you went over really quickly that I I don't think I understand is the idea of it of it having having the value mm-hmm. of, of of Bitcoin or or oh so it's having the production of Bitcoin. So what does that mean for, yeah. during the first? Go yeah, ahead. So uh, miners mine every ten minutes, right? Okay. So. Uh, right now, uh, every 10 minutes, uh, miners find, uh, about every 10 minutes, miners find that gold nugget as I, as an analogy that I made. And for finding that gold nugget, they get 6.25 Bitcoins. Okay. Which is okay. somewhere in the vicinity of $330,000 or right something now, like yeah. that. So that's, that's, a, that's what they get every 10 minutes. Um, and this is one, uh, some miner around the world about every 10 minutes. Um, and that's been happening, but, uh, every 210,000 blocks that reward gets cut in half. So, uh, originally it was 50 Bitcoins every 10 minutes that, that a miner would get rewarded for finding their gold nugget. Okay. Um, uh, after four years, it, it went from 50 to 25. So their reward uh, halved from 50 to 25, then from 25 to 12 and a half, uh, and then okay, so 12 on. and a half to 6.5. And this, and this was just the, the design, the, the inventor of Bitcoin just designed it this way. Is well, that correct? Well, it, yeah, yeah and, that's correct. Yeah. And, and part of it was because at first you didn't have a whole bunch of miners, right? Like you didn't have a whole bunch of people mining. And as you got more miners, disperse the work. Is that correct, too? Yeah, yeah, and uh, and it, it's actually really clever. It, it it keeps the time constant instead of like uh, 
uh, you know, you know, based on the amount of computing power. So the problem, uh, finding the gold nugget actually becomes more and more difficult as more miners come online. So, but, but the time is always right. consistent to about 10 minutes, which it, which is a really clever design, it, uh, uh, for computer scientists like me, um, you know, is, is absolutely fascinating and uh, academics are studying it for that reason. Now that, that sounds like the game of Warcraft to me, right? There's, there's an algorithm built in a timing algorithm that's built into the game to where you can only accomplish so much or like you when you download one of the uh, games on your phone where you pay money to play you kind of you know i you don't gotta, know about that game um you, you, oh, you don't have enough kids do you? no 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 <laughs> you're like you're building a you there's games wow, that you can play in your app where you're make a list game needs more work like a civilization game well needs if you more also work. you can pay more money to kind of speed up the building of that civilization yeah or you can kind of keep mm. plugging away at a certain so, level but there's an algorithm in there that's kind of built in that's also time and yeah, money so is that yeah, yeah, there, there's definitely an algorithm in there. It's called the difficulty adjustment. So the mining gets more difficult as more miners come. But if uh, miners drop out, then the difficulty gets easier. So, um, you know, that that's the whole idea is that it, there's always sort of like this consistent 10 minute uh, 10 minute uh, block being produced. And that that's ultimately what secures Bitcoin and what secures the network and secures your uh, secures the money from inflation and so on. So, so when are the 21 million Bitcoins going to be co- finalized? When is all that going to be captured? So by 2140, uh, every Bitcoin will have been mined. Um, but, uh, you know, there will still be incentive to mine because miners not don't only get the mining reward right. or new Bitcoin coming into the system. Anyone that's creating a transaction on the network Imagine. actually includes a little bit of fee to incentivize miners to include their transaction into the ledger. So the miners are responsible not just for uh, adding new Bitcoins onto the network, they're actually securing new transactions on the, uh, into the blockchain uh, with that. So they, what, what they do is uh, they run through all these numbers and uh, you know, I told you that it's kind of like the dirt uh, and you know, gold processing or whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, once you find that ounce of gold, uh, it's fairly easy or fairly inexpensive to check that it's actually gold. There are chemical tests and stuff that cost way less than, uh, you know, sixteen hundred fifty dollars or whatever it is that it took to actually go find that gold. Um, so uh, the the nugget uh, equivalent in Bitcoin is like that. So anyone. Uh, once they find the nugget uh, or what we in Bitcoin call proof of work, that's the technical term for it. Right. Um, anyone can, anyone running the software can very easily check <clears throat> that they actually found it and that it, it was found uh, without nearly as much computing power. So it, it keeps uh, securing the network and so on. So I want to... Okay, I'm going to jump in here quick and say, go ahead. I just want to go back to the... You talked about the missionary uh, earlier and the use uh-huh. that he said this is you know sort of transforming um, refugees mission field, and mission yeah. field and so on. Yeah. Um, how, how is... how? I assume that you think that Bitcoin is the future. Um, and mm-hmm. how, how is it the future, particularly for Christians in our mm-hmm. day... Um, you know, we're getting can mm-hmm. we're getting canceled. You know, we're getting you know um, kicked off of all the things. You can't know, find a bank. You can't find a bank. You can't find right. you know because you because know, you, you think abortion is murdering a baby because you think a boy is a boy mm-hmm. and only you know guys mm-hmm. should marry girls and this kind of thing. Um, I I see that as you described this, the idea that you can function sort of free of the government. Um, walk that out for us. Why should Christians 
think that Bitcoin is the future, particularly for freedom and for living um, for Christ? Yeah, so um, the, so I work with uh, the Human Rights Foundation on some things, and uh, and you know I'm a coder and I'm a Bitcoin expert, so uh, you know it, this might seem a little strange, but uh, Alex yeah. Gladstein of the uh, Human Rights Foundation is uh, it was my co-author in the Little Bitcoin book, and he brought me in uh, to talk to a lot of human rights activists, uh, and he said they really need to know about Bitcoin. I'm like, well, what am I going to add? Right, I'm a computer uh, computer program. Like what, what am I going to add to them? And he's like, well, ask them about money. So I, I, I was talking to a bunch of them and like, okay, um, what, what, what's your, you know, human rights, uh, thing like, well, usually the story goes, uh, they start a human rights thing in their country and the government doesn't like it. Right. And they, they've raised enough money. Um, but what ends up happening is that the government will seize their bank account and mm. uh, and shut them down, right? Like financial access, wow. financial cutoff is the very first bullet that the government of any country will will wow. will give, and so right. they'll they'll take their bank account away. Uh, so you know they could be protesters in Libya or Zimbabwe or um, you know Venezuela or whatever. Sure, they'll take that away, and then suddenly now now they can't operate, right? And oftentimes they have plenty of donors, right? Right? They they have people in other countries that want to give them money they just have no way to like give it to the people that are actually doing the work right and if you think about it from a christian perspective this is happening all over the world right like think about i, I don't know how many uh missionaries you guys are supporting or whatever but it is very difficult to get money to missionaries right, right. like yeah. there's all usually like seven different like intermediaries and you're not really sure like uh you know how how it's going to get to them um and you know the, for for a lot of the people that are on the ground the the biggest form of a is actually monetary. It's mm. it's not about being tortured. It's about it's about taking away your bank account, taking your uh, ability to uh, actually transact <laughs> with people. And live, yeah. uh, for example, communist China right now, there's a social credit system, mm -hmm. and if you don't meet a certain credit score, right. you can't buy a train ticket, right? Yeah. Uh, and you know, the, I don't know how much you guys know about the Uyghur massacre, yeah. Yeah. but you know, yep. they, they, this is part of what's going on, and and you know, like. This is going, this is going, as you guys have hinted, this is going to happen to Christians. Right. And it, it's already happening to Christians uh, in, in different parts of the world. So having a money, having a store of value, having a way to transact that is outside of government control is enormously important because it, it, it's the way in which you interact, uh, you're able to live, really. And, and uh, by having this hedge, as, uh, essentially, against the current system, uh, you can kind of, uh, you know, live off of that instead of living off of this, uh, you know, very fiat system where they control you in so many different ways. Right. So here's I, I want to talk about this because the exchange is part of my problem with this. And it seems like that mm -hmm. the government can regulate this if they wanted to in some way. So let's say that I got, you know, ten thousand dollars or ten thousand Bitcoin, whatever, a, a certain amount of Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. And I want to go and use that Bitcoin as a transaction. Can the government then somehow regulate how I turn that Bitcoin into a currency? So, you know what I mean? So, well, so, uh, yeah. So if I yeah, want to go so out I, and buy I, cheeseburgers I think, right now, I I, yeah, I can't go and buy cheeseburgers with my Bitcoin, Bitcoin. <laughs> right? There's no, well, you, you actually can. Uh, there, there are services that let you do that. Does McDonald's so, let you, does McDonald's now? Uh, <laughs> 
Well, but but they 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 sort of run on the current system, right? So right. Uh, there's um. So we need so we so we need there's, to there's a Deribit or somebody that has a credit card that that's linked to your Bitcoin. So okay. if you if you want to use that, like you can use the Visa network. I think Visa and Mastercard announced in like the last week that they're integrating Bitcoin. Their obvious yeah. plan is to make Bitcoin a settlement currency, so you can do it. Uh, but that's still like sort of easily regulatable because they're a single point of failure. But right. That said there are there are ways to transfer Bitcoin directly. So um, if I if I wanted to send you some Bitcoin, there's no one that can really stop me uh, as long as I'm uh, paying sufficient fees uh, to incentivize miners and so on. Um, a government can't step in. There's no central point of failure. Right. It's it's peer to peer. I, I got that part. Yeah. In, in, yeah. So, um, but if you want to exchange it for something centralized like the dollar, yeah, those are those are choke points. Those are those are single points of failure. So, uh, what happens? Uh, what what's being proposed in India right now, for example, is they they want to ban Bitcoin. Now right. they could try to do that, but the, but the way in which they do that from from a practical standpoint is that they they eliminate all of the exchanges, the the places where you can com, uh, convert your local currency. I think there it's rupees to uh, to Bitcoin. Bitcoin or Bitcoin to rupees, um, but that that that's sort of like a gateway to the central centralized system. So if you if you need that gateway, yeah, that that's going to happen. That said, if if the merchant is willing to take Bitcoin, okay. and I think that that they will come. Yeah. Then then it's going to then it's going to change the game. Okay, uh, see, Jimmy, that's that's right. That makes sense. That, that, so, yeah. so, so, so here's so here's here's where I want to get at. Are you saying that we need to start figuring out how to operate strictly under a Bitcoin currency instead of making that currency exchange? Yeah, yeah, and uh, and there are people that do this, right? They're they're all in on Bitcoin, and they they uh, you know operate their lives to Bitcoin. They've obviously done financially very well, uh, but but that that that's what they do. Um, I I mean, as long as like you're allowed on the current system, what they what they'll often do is like you know put it on their credit card or something and sell enough Bitcoin uh, you know right before the credit card is due. That way, they don't have that much like fiat risk. Um, that uh, and that way, even if they can't get canceled or something and the government accuses you of being a terror uh, domestic terrorist or something and cuts off all your bank accounts you can now and uh, you you have this store of value that is completely separate from them and that is a wonderful well, wonderful thing yes because yes. right now i think what yes. we're seeing is that if you're considered a health risk the what the government can do to you now is unlimited yeah so it doesn't even have yeah. to be like a terrorist in any kind of way. It just be like you're you're risking other people's health. So we're going to completely shut you down. No, no. If you're risking people's t health, you are a domestic you are, terrorist. Yeah, that, yeah. No, yeah, no. You're you're actually <laughs> you're right. not wearing your mask. So right. so I, I guess the hard part right now is trying to figure out how we start creating exchanges between each other through the actual currency and not through through the Bitcoin and or cryptocurrency and not just our current currency. That seems like a complete remake of the system. Yeah, it, it kind of is. Uh, I mean, there there are lots of uh, you know software that sort of lets you do that. So if you want to take Bitcoin for um, for your like web store or something, there's something. There's an open source project called BTC Pay. Uh, it's yeah. it's a it's led by a guy in uh, in Japan. But basically, you run a server, and uh, you know as long as you're connected to the internet, you could take payment in Bitcoin, and it's uh, it works really well. It's pretty secure, and uh, and basically you can you know. You ship uh, they, the customer pays in Bitcoin. You ship them uh, whatever good or service that you're selling, um, or you know, perform the 
service for them. And, and you know, it's it's sort of like a closed circular economy. And, uh, you know, what what we say in Bitcoin is that you can be your own bank, right? Like, uh, yeah. and you don't have to have this trusted third party in the middle that mm. can sort of take things away or confiscate or censor or whatever. Okay, la- last question here. Um, this goes back to some of my line of reasoning. If there's 21 million Bitcoins that have been mined by 2040. Still there, huh? Still or, there. Or by, wow. Yeah, well, still. Mm-hmm. Well, there's, but there's 7 billion people in the world. How does, mm-hmm. how does that 21 million help every – how can 700 billion yeah, people yeah. can't get access to that money? Yeah, so uh, I, uh, the, each Bitcoin is divisible to eight decimal places. So the actual basic unit is not one Bitcoin. It's right. actually one Satoshi. So one Sato- there's actually, what, 2.1 quadrillion Satoshi, which is plenty for 7 billion people. And in fact, there's a layer on top of Bitcoin, which I don't want to necessarily get into, called the Lightning Network. And it's divisible by a further thousand. And at one point, like one millisatoshi, as we called it, it was actually like about the price of a grain of sand. So, um, you know, like that's how divisible it is. It's extremely divisible. And there's no reason to think that uh, Bitcoin, uh, you know, can't be used uh, for a very long time with a lot of people. Bitcoin's been pretty in, uh, unstable for a while. It'll go yeah. through its times where it's really unstable. Um, how does that play into you know this being a good idea? Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. So the the you're asking about volatility. So I'll I'll give you two answers. So first answer is that you you have to recognize what central banks are doing, right? Like uh, if mm. you're not the Fed, the U.S. central bank. Um, pretty much every other central bank in the world, you you have to keep sort of like a peg range on the dollar. So uh, if your currency gets too high, then uh, uh, then you know you're you're not able to import anything because everything is too expensive. If your currency gets too low, uh, then you can't um, you can't sell anything abroad because you know your your goods are too expensive and and so on too. Right. So to do this world trade, you have to keep it in a particular range. So Essentially, what a central bank does is it manages that currency, uh, you know, uh, range by selling uh, U.S. dollar reserves or buying uh, buying back uh, their and buy, right. and thus buying back their currency or printing more of their money if uh, if it go, goes too way too far the other way. So that that limits the currency fluctuation. But once in a while, you'll have these like uh, what you would call black swan events where, you know, the currency will blow up. So Switzerland had something like that maybe like seven years ago where it went from like a dollar thirty per franc or something like that uh, or to uh, or. Um, yeah, to 80 cents, something something to that effect. Like it, it, it dropped like overnight. And if you suppress volatility, if you have a, a, a central bank that sort of suppresses volatility, it'll look stable for a while, but you're just sort of like putting all of the volatility into sort of a major event. And that, that's generally mm. the tendency. So uh, Bitcoin does not have a central bank, you know, someone that's like making right. sure it's staying in a certain range. So, of course, it's going to be more volatile than these other things. Uh, the other answer that I'll give you is that, um, you know, central banks generally have 
you know, de-risks every asset. That's kind of their job. Um, they, they, they're bailing out every bank. They're bailing out every uh, bondholder and everything else. And the way they do that is take out the risk. The thing that happens when you take out the risk is that you also take out the reward. Uh, you, you take yeah. out what, uh, what investment professionals would call yield. Hmm. Um, and this is why you're seeing like, uh, you know, interest rates drop basically to zero. Uh, and right. this is why you no longer get any interest from the bank because they've de-risked everything, but they've also made it so that you get no reward whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So Bitcoin is a risky asset. I, I'll fully admit that. We, we uh, you know, there, there's a lot of volatility and so on. And especially over the short term, it might go up and down a lot. I mean, it, it went up like $3,000 today, right? Like that's yeah. like six or 7%. That's, that, that's not a stable asset. But that that risk comes with a large reward. And that, that's what we've seen in Bitcoin. I think over the last 10 years, the average annual return is 200%. There's no, no asset like this at all in the entire market. Now, at a certain point, um, you know, once we get, uh, once the world sort of goes on a Bitcoin standard, if that day ever comes, then, you know, we'll be denominating things in Bitcoin instead. But in the meantime, we're still on the dollar standard. And yeah. the world has been on the dollar standard since about 1944 with the Bretton Woods Agreement. And that means that, uh, you know, that that's the currency that everyone's going to see it in. But you have to remember, the dollar's been like losing purchasing power and everything else. The M2 money supply has expanded by 40% since this crisis started. Uh, that's not a small amount. And the CPI is a complete lie. It's uh, It's got the hedonic adjustment uh, index and everything else, that the, which is basically fudging numbers so that they, they it always magically comes in at 2%. The real inflation rate has been more like 7% until the last year, in which case it's been like 30%. So um, you have to think about storing value over time. If you're keeping it in dollars, this is what Michael Saylor calls a melting ice cube. Uh, with Bitcoin, you can actually store your wealth and it's going to be stored well, um, especially over a longer time horizon, like five years. Man, Johnny, we're going to have oh, to have that's a, That was an education right there. That was like my head is full. <laughs> yes. Um, but yes. I, but I, I think I understand it a little bit better. Like a little bit better. Yeah. No, and, yeah. and that was fantastic. And that would take two years. That was <laughs> and, and now we got to talk about all kinds of other currency next time. Hey, yeah. Johnny, how do we follow you on Jimmy. Twitter? I'm sorry. <laughs> That's how fried my brain is right now. <laughs> know who he's talking to. Mr. Song. Hey, Bobby. <laughs> Bobby. <laughs> really good. <laughs> Mr. Song, where can we, how can we follow you on Twitter? Uh, my name on Twitter is at Jimmy Song. I don't know if you guys are on Clubhouse yet, but you guys are perfect yes. for it. I'm there as Jimmy Song BTC. Okay. I'm also on Medium, Jimmy Song. My newsletter is jimmysong.substack.com. My website is programmingbitcoin.com. That was mm. my first book that I... It's a technical book for programmers if you want to know about the Bitcoin protocol. Mm. Also wrote two other books. The Little Bitcoin Book, which is sort of like a very simple explainer of Bitcoin, if you're interested in that. And Thank God for Bitcoin, which is a moral argument for Bitcoin from a Christian perspective. Uh, appreciate you, Jamie. Thank you so much for taking time with us. Yes. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them until next week. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politics. Do you think you should add buy Bitcoin to the end I of that? I was thinking about uh, it, but I was going to say, go to the conference. Buy Bitcoin. Yeah. Go to the conference. Go to, go to South Dakota. 2020. God exposed America with a bunch of viral particles. A plague. God flicked and we buckled. Our political leaders shut down their states in fear. 
Our pastors abdicated the church as non-essential, and we have been scattered by petty, tyrannical resolutions and edicts into our homes or hiding our shame with masks. Businesses have been shut down by arbitrary non-essential labels. Strip clubs, pot shops, and abortion facilities remained open, while churches were threatened, regulated, and fined. First Amendment rights were trampled on as we Christians were arrested by despotic, unprincipled local governments. Citizens were harassed by unelected health districts, and communities were threatened in their houses by cops. This sounds like a third world country, a bad dream, but it is not. It is the new America. This America is ruled by fear. This America is ruled by opportunistic politicians who don't give a damn about you. This America breeds a compliant citizenry that cares more about their strip clubs and DoorDash deliveries, that cares more about their safety and their comforts, than the truth that Jesus is King of Kings and that our freedoms are protected by the Constitution. This America is worse than King George III's America. It's time to take a stand, but to stand requires courage and courage requires repentance. What we need is reformation and revival in our churches, in our families, in our communities, in our businesses, and in our government. Every square inch needs the blood of Jesus. We need to cease this moment where all our sins, fears, and failures have been exposed by God through this plague and gather to sing psalms, to feast, and to get strengthened, to be encouraged, and equipped to lead America back to Jesus, who is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Governor after governor instituted some sort of shutdown, ignoring your constitutional rights. There was one governor, one state, that did not buckle and join the crowd of governors driven by fear. Governor Christine Nome has stood strong through this pandemic. And so we are bringing our first annual Fight, Laugh, Feast rally to Rapid City, South Dakota, April 29th through May 1st. Join us in the land of the free and the home of the brave as we learn to love God, sing songs, and defy tyrants.